Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, sports buddies. It's me, Brandon. Got John here. Hi, John. Hi, Brandon. How you doing? Pretty good. It's just us two tonight. The nice guys episode is what we call it because we're the two nice ones. Um, let's talk sports. I like sports. Let's do it. We got so many sports to talk about. We do have a few. We have so many enthusiastic things to say about the Minnesota Twins, our World Series 2019 winning ball club. So this is our our episode, which is our world famous 3.1% of the way through the season review. Um, And I have to say, uh, this is the greatest season in Twins history. By far. 1987, 1991, these were good seasons. But there were so many losses in those seasons, though. There were so many candle. ups and downs, and this right. is this has been really good. Uh, let is, us count the ways. I think way number one, and I listeners of the podcast, Twins fans everywhere will agree that the, the high point of this season and possibly the Twins franchise is Williams A Studio. Mm, He's mm, a joy. Mm, mm. He's a joy to be around. He's a joy to have in our state. I am going to vote for him for president. He's I, perfect. He's he's perfect in every way. He meets every criteria for president of the United States, and I will be voting for him. He's um, an underrated guy, or right. just generally underappreciated. He's adorable. <laughs> I would say... I, I would say that he is no longer underappreciated because he's every Minnesota Twins fan's favorite player. True. And I guess what I mean is he was not like a top draft pick. Kind of came out of nowhere, correct. which we love. Absolutely, we love that. If there was, if you were going to build a perfect baseball player, like a beloved baseball player right. in a lab, I think it would be uh, a guy who came out of nowhere, who's little, tiny, and adorable. Uh, who tries really hard, makes funny faces, right. and uh, is constantly putting the ball in play. He's the Venezuelan Kirby Puckett. Possibly he is the Venezuelan Kirby Puckett. I assume, yes. I assume without all of the terrible late career baggage. Well, we're only 3.1 of the way through the season, and we haven't found right. that yet. So as of now, he is perfect. He is to perfect me, in every he way. is perfect. <laughs> yes, and he, uh, beyond all of that, has been good. He's been good, right? Right. That's correct. Uh, A couple big clutch hits. Yeah. He had one sacrifice fly that so flummoxed the opposing team that the Twins actually scored two runs on it. Amazing. 
Yep. That's only only William Sass Studio can pull that sort of thing off. How do you say his nickname? La Tortuga? La Tortuga. <laughs> okay. Yes. He's also got a nickname. He's I, perfect. I think the for me, the Williams Zoss Studio highlight of the season so far was today when he singled the right field to drive in a run and he swung so hard his helmet came off and he looked exactly like Bartolo Colon swinging a bat, except he also drove the ball to right field on the first yes. pitch. Yep. It's, it's as if Bartolo Colon was reborn to do all of the funniest things Bartolo Colon ever did, except he also hits the ball every time he swings the bat. And again, is so far not an accused domestic abuser. Right. Was Bartolo Colon an accused domestic abuser? I don't remember yeah. that. He was? Yeah. Oh, I don't know no. if it was a domestic abuse case. I can't say that for sure. He definitely got into some trouble with uh, old John Q. Law. Um, oh. But we don't care. Because he was old and chubby, and we nicknamed him Big Sexy. I think I, I, I saw this somewhere, and I can't remember where. One of the best developments of this season is that Asidio apparently was getting a little peeved because he thought everybody was laughing at him, but everyone's starting to convince him that he's gen, genuinely beloved, and it's not just people making fun of him and pretending to. <laughs> Pretending yes. to like him? Yes, that sounds right. Because he is genuinely beloved. There are, I'm sure there's a few people who are like, ha, that dude's chunky. But I yep. would say 98% of the people genuinely love the guy. He's 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 Kirby, he's Ken Herbeck. He's everything we've come to love about Minnesota baseball wrapped into one short, chunky Latin utility guy that's just running around and doing amazing baseball things. The chubbiness is a thing we should probably consider. It is lovable, but what percentage of your La Tortuga love is based on him being chubby? It's not a hundred, because we love lots of things about him. It's not a hundred, but it's not but zero it's also not either, zero. right? It's yeah. above zero and below a hundred. It's somewhere in that range. <laughs> and that's as that's as specific as we feel like getting right now. Right. I, <laughs> no further I, comment. I do. I do also enjoy the free, not only the free swinging ways, because a lot of guys are free swingers, but he also never strikes out. It's just an amazing talent that I wish everyone in baseball would develop. Baseball would be a better support if every player was Williams Astudio. It would be 100%. If there were, yep. there need, and we've talked about it, an actual thing that needs to be fixed about baseball is they need to figure out a way to incentivize the ball in play. Right. It's the most Which, exciting thing for fans, and right now there just isn't enough of an incentive. It's sort of like basketball before the shot clock of, like, fans really need to see basketball players shoot the ball, and the basketball teams are like, no, we actually just want to win. We don't really care right. about shooting it that much. So they had to figure something out. So I don't know how to do that besides if we just shower love, shower so much love, on our beloved La Tortuga. Do you think that might help the game it, of baseball? The strange thing is about can't trying hurt. to incentivize guys to hit the ball is, on the one hand, everybody strikes out a ton now, which feels like a choice. But at the same time, every pitcher now throws 104 miles an hour with mm -hmm, mm -hmm. an enormous Adam Adovino sliders that break six feet. and It's like hitting a, a Frisbee that's launched from a missile launcher. So 
on the one hand, you want to make hitting harder. You want to incentivize guys to swing more, but it feels like they'll just swing more and miss more. So we need more Astudios who are going to swing all the time and also hit the ball in fair territory all the time. Yes. Yes. I don't know how you develop that, but I think you're correct. That's the way that not we for do us this to figure out. is by making Williams Astudio the only man to ever be governor of Minnesota and president of the United States at the same time. He gets every endorsement from now on, so we can right. make like seventy five million dollars this year and, and they're gonna, people are gonna be like, What why? It's like come on, he puts the ball in play. We love him. Yep. Okay, I'm still not ready to comment publicly on what percentage of uh, my love for him is based on his chubbiness. Yeah, I. It's is it above zero for you as well? It's for sure above zero, hundred percent. But there's either. lots of factors to him. He's um, See, again. I didn't, know, un- I didn't know which side you were going to come down on that. To be honest, because you're Mister uh, Drinking oh Soylent Green and. Uh-huh. Talking about your your fitness goals and stuff, and so I thought maybe that would be offensive to you. That oh, chubbiness. You know, sometimes it does bother me, especially with someone like Sano, who it's like I just feel like you could make so much more money and be more successful and be happier if you just and it's your job. You know, it's your job. Like be in better shape. For some reason, it does not bother me with with our little guy. I don't. I don't really know why right now. Interesting. I think you're going to have to go away and examine that, Brandon. I am. I am going to have to go in a way. I mean, like, go away. I'm going to have to go away for a while. Hawaii or something. Just think <laughs> oh, through this. I, yeah, that's that's probably the place to examine your feelings. That's the best place. I better spend $10,000 on myself to examine my feelings. <laughs> uh, no, but if he was... So the unheralded part is huge. Putting the ball in play is huge. But if there was... What if Nick Punto... If it was Nick Punto who had the same exact slash line as Astudio. Hmm. That's an excellent question. I feel like I, I mean, was always predisposed to hate Nick Punto, and I'm not sure why. He was a tryhard. We hate tryhards. So maybe it's maybe Nick Punto is the wrong person to be thinking but about. I'm just trying to think of a regular old white guy. This is an interesting counterpoint because we don't usually hate tryhards. Usually those are our favorite guys. The well, guys I who hate try really the... hard and aren't all that good. But, but I mean, Punto, making trying like the main thing that you do, even when it's unsuccessful, like the slide into first base when it's known that's making you worse at baseball. Like he cared more about trying than winning. For some reason, false hustles bad. It seemed yeah, it seemed weirdly performative with Punto, but also when I think back, it clearly wasn't because it wasn't like he was amazing, but he also wanted to show that he really tried hard. Mm-hmm. It was that he wasn't. Actually, he was good, but not that good. And trying hard was really the only card he had to play. Yeah, maybe so, we hated him because Gardy loved him so much, and we just were trying yeah. to balance it all out. That happens it, sometimes. I ended I up hating in, Derek Jeter, even though he was fine, just because everybody else loved him so much. Right. It was in, like my responsibility. Ways, he did sort of embody the worst, Gardy's worst instincts as a manager. Mm-hmm. And so, through no fault of his own, he was sort of the personification of the bleak, dark side of Ron Gardenhire. Yeah, and his yeah. management style. All right, that's fair. We we I punished Punto because I wanted to get to Gardy. Yep, yep. Sorry, Nick. Okay, 
I'm glad I, we worked that out. And I'm glad yeah. you're talking about Nick Punto and Ron Gardner in a conversation about the 2019 Minnesota Twins. It's very good therapy, but so we just started there. Number one, we love uh, Ostradio. He's been great. Number two, Byron Buxton. Typically, yes. uh, in the 3.1% of the way through the season review, Byron Buxton is 0 for 40 with yep. 35 strikeouts. Right. And so he's struck out a few times, but he has generally looked a lot better. Of course, he's also almost beheaded himself running into a wall yeah. already. Needlessly running into the center field wall. Yeah. Again, that's also a trying too hard. That's like ends up being off-putting. But it has, for some reason, that makes me not as upset as Nick Punto. I don't, I'm going to have to unpack a lot of this. I cannot wait for my Hawaii trip to really right. get through all this mentally of why I like some guys and don't like others. But You're going to have uh, to spend $10,000 here in the local economy. <laughs> I suggest parking in a ramp this weekend while the Final Four is here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just for one afternoon. Just for but one lunch, afternoon. Not even during the game. Oh, boy. Uh, I do want to talk Final Four in a little bit. Uh, but that's number two, right? Byron Buxton looking right. like a professional um, baseball player. That's amazing. Yep. Um, the pitching staff. Jose just, Barrios's opening day start was oh, just wonderful. Man, that curveball is just cartoon-like. Oh, it was cathartic. After all of... I don't want to run down all of the Twins opening day pitchers of our lifetime, but after all the Bob Tewksbury's and mm. Sidney Ponsones and whoever Preach. else has started on opening day, <laughs> to have to have Barrios just go out there and stomp out to the mound and strike out 150 Cleveland batters, it, it was it was wonderful. And then, of course, in two pitches to, in today's game, he was down one to nothing, but. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that's gonna. But happen. still, or I guess that was yesterday's game, not today's game. I can't remember anymore. Which game was yesterday? Which game was today? What happened? We're recording on Wednesday. They won the day game. They came back uh, against the Royals today. Um, I feel I feel a little bad for the Royals. They they look like they are going to have a long baseball year. Yes, that's going to be like their third or fourth long baseball year in a row. Right. Counterpoint. Fuck those guys. Well, I feel... The no, weird thing right. about the Royals is... I forget this is the Nice Guys podcast. The only... I can bring myself to hate Cleveland and Detroit and Chicago, no problem. But the Royals have just been bad for so long. I was a little mad when they won the World Series, of course, but... I just... Yes. Right now, I can't, I can't bring myself to hate the Royals. They're just... They're trying hard... They're not very good. Their only good player is named Wit. Yeah, yeah. They got they got a lot of they got a lot of work to do. Very true. Um, they're going to have some dark times ahead of yeah. them. Um, speaking if, of dark times, I just pulled up the list of Twins opening day starting pitchers. You want to oh, take a no. quick walk through memory lane? <laughs> All right, fine. We will take a walk down memory lane. I said we weren't going to, but let's do it. I just have to. Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to make you guess. You don't. You don't really want to guess any of these, no. do you? Because no, this I is would do be... poorly. Remember the time that Chicken Fingers had us try to guess all of the opening day shortstops, and he thought that we needed to go through all seven because he wasn't sure if we could get all seven, and we all guessed, and we all were wrong the first time around. Yep. That was also. That I remember was... when he asked us to name the the starting offensive lineman for the Vikings, and we had oh, absolutely yeah. no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> we're like. Tim, Tom, Tom, James, um, 
Anders Peterson. Jim Anderson. Well, okay. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, so last year. Okay, let me just ask you. Do you remember last year's starter? Last year's opening day starter would have been. Oh, no. Who would it have been? Because okay. Santana was hurt by then. Yep. He was hurt. Okay, so never mind. We won't do any trivia. I'm just going to quickly okay. run through it. Who was, Jay- who was last year's opening day starting? Was it Odorizzi? Jake Odorizzi. Yep. Oh, there you go. Before that, Herb Santana. And before that, Herb Santana again. So two years okay. of him. That's respectable, I guess. It's a little Odorizzi sad that he's is there. not all that respectable. No, that's not. Santana was fine, though. Yep. Um, Phil Hughes. Really? Boy, that's something. Hold on. It's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> uh, our friend uh, Rocky Nabisco. Oh, no. Ricky Nalasco started game <laughs> oh. one, 2014. I just want you to tell me right now, is Kevin Correa on this list? Uh, no, he's not. Okay. Uh, but I've got someone worse for you. Oh, no. 2013, Vance Worley. <laughs> ended up... <laughs> I think they I think traded him cut. two days later, didn't they? Or cut yeah, they're just something? such a bad... Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got two Carl Pavanos. Uh, we got a Scott Baker, Liriano. 2008 was Levon Hernandez. Of course it was. Yeah. And then we've got two, six, eight, eight years in a row of either Brad Radke or Johan, and then we're yeah. back in the Bob Tewksbury in the mid-90s. So yeah. still, I didn't even go through the bad years. I couldn't even do it. Right. Ugh. So times have been Vance, bad. Vance Worley. One yeah. year the twins were so out of options that they had to start Vance Worley on opening day. Right. That's yep. how bad things got. You know who else has looked good is Michael Pineda. I watched some of that start. Yeah. That was really impressive. So that's number three as the twin starters. Um, what do you think about the job uh, Rocco Baldelli has done so far? I know there was some gripes in the... In the um, extra inning game that happened a couple games ago that he didn't pinch hit for was it Kepler against a lefty maybe or something like that where it seemed to make sense that you'd pull in uh, our beloved uh, Ostradio but beyond that it seems like it's been okay yeah the weird thing about this year so far is because Major League Baseball decided that the season needed to start in February this year but to Mm -hmm. make up for it they decided they would schedule the Twins only for one game every four days. And so Pretty goofy. the biggest problem Baldelli has faced, he's like a he's like a T-ball manager. He's trying to make sure everybody gets into the game because mm-hmm. if you don't play in two consecutive games, you're just like not playing baseball for a week. And so what they really need is the AAA team to be in St. Paul, Minnesota or something. So everybody who doesn't play one day can just drive across town and be in that in yeah, the game that night. Yeah. yeah. Just to, just to play a little baseball. So it's, it, it so far has seemed a little less like he's managing a big league team and more like he's consulting with the parents that are helping out and be like, all right, who hasn't played yet? Who hasn't started a game yet this season? Right. Raise your hands. All right. You are third. You're in left field and you can pitch later. Well, you'll be a reliever today. Right. So, so not been too tough so far. So, I I mean, it seems fine. I can't get over how he looks like Luke Wilson in old school. That's freaking me out. That's going to take a while. I do. Uh, was he the one that hired our pitching coach? 
I think he's got to be right. Yep. And the the pitchers are throwing hard, so that's good. I saw the game. uh, Marty Perez went out there. He walked a few guys, but we uh, we ripped that that signing a new one because he's been terrible. But he does throw hard, so we'll see. I mean, I'm sure his arm will fall off by June, but it was kind of fun to watch that first game. He had a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how anything can possibly go wrong for the Twins, who I think it's clear at this point will be the first Major League Baseball team to win 130 games in one season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I I don't know. Break up the Twins, I guess is what I'm saying. The, these other teams can't hope to compete. Gonna have to. the Twins prospect pipeline and top-notch coaching. Mm-hmm. Sure. There we go. And we don't even have Sano yet. And so. we don't even have Sano yet. Poor Sano is just rehabbing his gangrenous foot. That poor guy. It wasn't yeah. even like, a, oh, I, I got hurt rounding third base. It was a, oh, I cut my foot and then they almost had to amputate it because I'm cursed. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I have no idea. When is, he's not going to be back for a while, right? I thought I thought it was six weeks or six or eight weeks or something like that. So let's just go with that. Six or eight weeks. He's not going to be back till mid-May or early June. Perfect. That is a wrap on the Miguel Sano update. Anything else that's been striking about the Twins besides them being amazing? Besides oh, uh, Nelson Cruz hasn't turned into a pumpkin yet. No. I don't think he will either. He doesn't that that particular skill set uh either turns into a pumpkin a long time ago or just sort of keeps going. He's, yeah, he just like I know how to rake. I can yeah. rake, baby. He's the new Jim Tomey. He feels like Jim Tomey where it's like, "Oh yeah, that guy's on our team. I like that guy." That yeah. guy always is good. Yep. It's not like Josh Willingham where you think, "Oh, well, I mean, I guess he's Cup. pretty cheap." Yeah, a couple of good years. He yeah. could do one of those again. Yeah. It's mostly yeah, like, Cruz oh, has been good been for many years. for a long time, and now he's on our team, and it's better. Yeah. Have you, uh, you haven't been to the game a game yet, right? No, I haven't been to a game yet. Did you go to any of the opening series? No, I haven't. I got to take advantage, though. I don't really get to go in midsummer because of my own baseball schedule. Obviously, right. you won't probably be able to take advantage either, so... Uh, I'm. I mean, I do go to all of your games, so yeah. It's that's uh, why it's Not hard. Of... It's hard to get to a Twins game and all of Brandon's games. It's Same just, excuse, yeah. yeah every it's, single one. It's difficult. We're, you go to fifty-five of my baseball games. Sometimes I'm not even there. You text called, me and you're like, "I'll, I'll just, I'm here." We're called the sportive, but what we really are is supportive of each other and our yeah S and our hobbies apostrophe p o r t i v e. That's right, supportive. Yep. Yeah, we just couldn't put that in the logo. Yeah, there already was was one of those. So instead, yeah. we chose a name that regularly is confused with bicycle racing. Uh huh. In France. Yep. French bicycle racing. Yep. That was dumb of us. Why? Why were we so serious when we named this? Because like one minute later, Stu jokingly called us Ken Potty Mouth and the Sports Fist, and we're like, <laughs> "Well, what the fuck, man? Like, we were asking you about names, and you ignored us." I gotta tell that you, it's, Im- it's embarrassing enough to have to say, "Yeah, I have a sports podcast called The Sportive." I can't imagine explaining to my uncle, "Yeah, I got a podcast. It's called Ken Potty Mouth and the, <laughs> Ken sports Fest. the Sports Fest." We take it pretty seriously. Yeah, we won yeah. an award one oh, yeah. time. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're, we're uh-huh. great. Everybody yeah. loves us. 
I bet you did. <laughs> Although anytime we say we take it kind of seriously, no one believes us. Well, I mean, what is what would taking it more seriously look like? Would would we be yelling more? Would we be mm. having less fun? Well, remember when we started, we used to have guests on? Well, I think we took it pretty seriously then. Well, oh, how about this? We used to meet in person. <laughs> well, at that time, just yeah. to recap, I had zero wives and zero children. Yep, zero, and zero. you had... Z- one wife. One, yeah, one wife. <laughs> one wife. <but> also, <laughs> I can't remember whether you had children or not. Did you have any children at that point? I don't remember. This? I don't think I did, or else yeah. if I did, it was never really a problem. Um, right. It was just the one, so it was really easy for me to drive over to your house. Boy, those that lasted days, a. They? they really were they, glory days, but they passed you by. The funny thing is, about two episodes after we started, you moved to Texas, and then it was just a disaster from then on. That was weird. And now yep. we're on episode fourteen hundred. So, hmm. you know, the road ahead looks winding, but the road behind you looks straight. Well, I'm looking forward to taking it seriously again, which I think will mean that I yell more and say that guys don't deserve their paychecks more yep yep like we have to have a a sports talk radio lately but i think that's what it's like we could have a bit where we like suggest people who need to be cut yeah that's fun not even like they're not good like we have to go so far over the top cut him gotta be cut or uh, lock him up like a lock him up get kind of political with it people love that shit they love chanting lock her up so we could try that one you know, we 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 make fun of sports talk radio, but every time I turn on K Fan, either Aaron Gleeman or John Bonus is on there, and I like those guys. So I know it, it's so hard to make fun of when our friends are on. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, if K Fan's just gonna let Gleeman and Bonus do everything, that's great. That's perfect. That's those are two very good K-Fan. decisions they've made. Yes, yep. that is true. <sighs> well, um, we were. I want, the way I wanted to wrap up the season in, re, in review was to have our good friend Chicken Fingers finally um, voice his apology to the boy geniuses, but he wasn't able to make it tonight. So next week, uh, he did say that he was going to for sure definitely do that on the record, but he was busy tonight. So he also, he also we'll texted, he's doubling down on his pick for Astadio being a turd. So you got to give him credit. Wow. He's. That was that. That's his contribution here. He's doubling down. We talked about how much we love Astudio and we want him for everything. And he, if anything, hates Astudio more. So, yeah, uh, that that should provide the kind of tension that keeps people tuning in. An amazing contrarian, one of the right. best of all time. Uh, all right. If we get around to talking WrestleMania, Stu apparently texted a prediction about WrestleMania too. So that's that's great. I wonder if the guy from the real world is still doing wrestling. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that guy's name was Bill Simmons, the sports guy. <laughs> Terrible guess. Uh, so there was a real world like 10 years ago, and there was a guy who was a, just a big country bumpkin dork. Yep, but, you Bill know, Simmons, most real world. Guy. <laughs> I'm still sticking with Bill Simmons. Yeah. Uh, no, he was like a 20-year-old huge dork uh, who yep. loved wrestling, but he liked lifting weights, so he was really jacked as well. But anyway, just a dork. Um, and he was always talking about, I love wrestling. I want to be a wrestler. And then 
I stopped paying attention to him after the real world, which most people do after they're done being in the real world. That's like, all right, well, you don't exist anymore to me. Um, but apparently the people who do wrestling, like, you know, organize it, the organizers of the wrestling, right. uh, let him like try out and then he got to wrestle and then he got to be the champion, like the head, you know, the... You know, the, the belt. I'm, I'm doing the belt motion in front of me. I realize we're not in the same room. But, you know, I'm doing the belt motion. I'm doing the Brandon, belt, baby. I think you've been in corporate America too long when instead of saying the champion, you came up with the, the head guy. It's the head. Yeah, he's so the, he's the CEO he's the of CEO the wrestlers. Of the, yeah. He's yeah. the chief of marketing. He just asks for spreadsheets to get done, and they get done. Right. Too sweet, baby. That's all uh, the power you need. Yeah. So I don't know how that happened, but the dork from Real World who said I want to be the the wrestling champ got to be the wrestling champ. Um, well, that's great yeah. for Bill Simmons, the sports guy. Yeah. Yep. So Bill Simmons is the champion right now. I don't know what else Stu could add besides this update I've just given you, which is like a nine, probably eight or nine years right old at this point. So if he's more current, then I guess I'll just tip my hat to him and say he's now the wrestling expert of the show. I would say that I would really enjoy finding out that Stu was in addition to being a Twitter personality, also a enormous professional wrestling fan. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Nothing would shock me more though. <laughs> right. That I can't be, imagine being any more shocked than him going, guys, surprising. I am huge into wrestling, which would be fine, but uh, that's not really a style. Okay. Next topic, John. All right. Good transition. Well, let's, Next let's topic. Pour, <laughs> let's pour a little item. one out for our uh, item number two, uh, Requiem for a season for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't have anything formally wrapped up. As you know, I'm on ramp probation with the Timberwolves. Right. Um, but it's weird because there's a ton of crazy off-season things that are probably going to have to happen with the organization in terms of coach and GM. But it definitely doesn't feel like it. It feels like kind of a ho-hum. They'll hire Ryan Saunders. They'll pull in some old jackass as GM. And the team just kind of is what it is for a while. I don't know why, if that's true salary cap-wise. That no, is my that's, feeling, that's though. That's not what I want to hear right now. What I want to hear. I'm going to give you a picture of what I want to hear. You want heads to roll? No, no. I don't, Lock I don't care him about heads up. rolling. Okay. <laughs> I want you to tell me that... With a healthy Covington, with oh. a motivated cat, uh-huh. with don't do it, um, don't do it, don't say it. It's not possible. He's not Ryan get Saunders with a full off season to prepare. Get in that film room, yeah, just knock out some crunches while watching film. Um, and uh, Dario Saric. Um, finds and kills the wizard that's stolen his basketball talent. Mm. Important. And, uh, um, I'm I'm I need your help. There's got to be at least three more good things to happen for the for for the Timberwolves. That's if they all happen, then they'll be good next year. But I'm running out of possibilities. Okay, a couple of things. Um, Josh Okogie could be a lot better next year. That's one thing that they need to happen. Okay. Josh uh, Okogie. What does he need to learn? How to shoot? Shooting. 
All yep. Right? So he's going to go away and learn how to shoot. So he Same needs to go away and learn how to shoot and come back next year as Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Yeah, it would be great. Oh. Um, Andrew Wiggins needs to retire. <laughs> to play hockey. Just one of those sort of weird, like, guys, <laughs> I just... Wiggins has always wanted to play hockey growing up in Canada. I got a new love. to play hockey, but never had the means to do so. Well, now he's finally, finally got... pursuing his dream. Yep. So he needs to join the Canadians. Yep, he's almost old enough to play defense for North Dakota. Is that good? I don't know. That seems like a pretty good burn. <laughs> um, I it may be right. pretty out of date, but I'm still mad about it. So yeah, pretty good. Totally. Burn. I'm into I was it. one for all the college hockey slash NBA basketball fans out there. Lock them up. Lock, Lock them, them up. up. <laughs> This podcast is going to do numbers, John. It's going <laughs> to do numbers. When they hear that there's Woo. chanting, yep. then everybody Political be chanting. Political chanting that was cool in 2016, and even then was yep. pretty awful. But it was popular. <laughs> this joke is awful and out of date. <laughs> it might be bad, but at least it's overdone. Right. I'm glad. Um, Good for us. Okay, so so we come back next season, and... Towns is still amazing. Okogi yep. is Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Covington has gotten new legs, like Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> so he can't be injured anymore. Um, then we might then we might have something if we can just turn him into Kawhi Leonard. Then that'd right. be a pretty good threesome of dudes, and then you fill the roster in with the other nice complimentary pieces: Dario, Tyus. Uh, I would definitely love to somehow get Jeff Teague to join the same hockey team as Wiggins. Maybe <laughs> I don't know if they're like a package deal. Right? They could. They could be. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. You don't know. Right. I don't know how long Ricky Rubio signed for, but he's got to be ready to come back to the Timberwolves again. I mean, I love. No, I don't. I can't think about that. It's too good. It would be too good. I can't even. So there's some can't. stuff. There's some stuff that could happen. Yep. But they're basically going to be. Oh, and also the other thing I should say is um, they're going to get like the 12th pick in the draft or something. Um, so that guy could be really good. That'd be cool. But beyond that, there's not a whole lot. They can't. They don't really have any like big trade assets or a ton of salary cap. Or it doesn't matter, even matter if they have salary cap because who the hell is going to want to come play for? No GM and no coach at this point. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... poor Towns. That's the the story of the season. Is poor Carl Anthony Towns. He's right. so good, and um, and it's just I know that basketball is known for like being really dependent on one player can impact the game, but if you watch the NBA enough, you know like one player isn't going to do shit for you. Right. I don't care how good he is. I mean, it's yeah. Dis, it's dispiriting to hear that we're sort of planning on a blah off season because the Timberwolves just sort of are what they are and they're they're stuck in the middle and if everything goes right, they might be able to sneak into a thing. It's just so many consecutive years of that. It's either, yes. that's, that's the high water mark. And the low water mark is, well, I think they'll probably win 10 games. Yeah, yeah. 
Not what I wanted to hear, Brandon. I wanted a little more positivity. I'm very sorry. And when I go um, go away and um, to Hawaii tomorrow, I'm leaving tomorrow mm-hmm. um, to, t- to think through some things. Uh, I'm going to come back with a good playoff team for you to adopt. All right. The playoffs will be starting soon. So that do, hopefully will I, help you a little bit. I do enjoy that tradition of you assigning us NBA teams to root for. Yes. Yep. So I'll do that. Um, cause those are starting soon and it should be a really, this is right. many years in a row now where the, um, NBA playoffs should be a, a real hoot. I think like all of America, I am mostly interested in the golden state warriors losing. That's yes. really job one. Yep. So it's just, they are, uh, so they played the Denver nuggets last night and they were, you know, the, the warriors have been. Just screwing around all season. They're bored. They're just they. You know, two guys don't play a game. Like ah, fuck it, I'm not gonna go. Um, they just don't show up. Um, and so they're in danger of losing the one seed, which of course is not the end of the world, but it's a big deal. Like it would still, it would be really helpful for them to have the one seed. So last night was an important game. You know, they lose to the worst team in the league. They lose to the third or fourth worst team in the league, and they play the number two seed and just absolutely fucking piss pounding them last night. <laughs> So it's like, God, you guys, you're exactly like they just, oh, I guess we should try tonight. That's right. We've got two MVPs and then two other all NBA guys. That's right. This should be easy. And it is when they care. So it's like I hate them so much. It's like they let the actual Minnesota Gophers basketball team play in the University of Minnesota Intramural Sports League. Like they can't be bothered to show up. But if they do show up, they're just going to wipe the floor with everybody. Exactly. And I hate it, and it sucks. It really does suck. The golden age of NBA, and this is like the big black eye. Really the only one. I mean, I'm sure there's other things that are kind of annoying, obviously, but but that's really the, the one. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, we're looking forward to the NBA playoffs. They start six months from now? Yeah. So it's uh, it's early April now. Yeah, they'll so start October? right around Labor Day. Okay. Uh, they'll get started and then wrap up on Christmas. Yep. That actually uh, would be kind of amazing. <laughs> speaking of super long, annoying playoffs, do you want to talk about the NHL? Um, I The Wild missed the playoffs, Brandon. We, we I said, heard. We've said on every podcast we've done since October, which is a total of three podcasts. Three, yep. We've, we've, we've talked about how the Wilds are... Destined to miss the playoffs, and now it's official. They're not going to the playoffs. Um, in a truly Minnesota Wild-esque tri- twist of fate, the the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, the, the team that's probably going to win the Central Division, Winnipeg, Minnesota played five times this year and beat them in all five games. And it was truly poignant to have the night the Wild not being knocked out of the playoffs be a night on which the wild also crushed the jets five to one. So it's been a weird year, real weird year. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently. I asked mint mobile's legal team. If big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation, they said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yes. The, the team has I I I didn't actually look, but I think they might have the worst home record in the league, which is strange because in every previous year, they could only win home home games. And when they went on the road, everybody played with somebody else's stick or something. And now oh, this guy's right-handed tonight, I guess. And it, it didn't go well. Whereas this year, they just couldn't win a home game, no matter who they played. It was really frustrating. They got, they went through the weird the weird thing with the home fans where at the start of the year, everybody was really excited. And then they started playing so bad at home that every game they just got booed. And by the mm. end of the year, nobody cared at all. It was like, eh, whatever. It's like booing from the wild fans. Well, it went from cheering to anger to apathy. Sure. So, yeah. It's just been a like my marriage. <laughs> wow, that's right. Genuinely sad. Yeah, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, doing the collar pull. Um, Whoops. <laughs> I lost my train of thought now. Right. I was talking about no. the wild. I'm I was sorry. talking about how they had some injuries, but not a lot. They're their GM looked at all of the guys who were sort of their young core and traded most of them. And mm-hmm. took the one keys. Of those, one of those trades seems like it might end up being okay. The other ones seem like they're not going to be okay. What is the one that's going to be good? Well, uh, they traded Charlie Coyle to Boston for a guy named Ryan Donato. And he actually seems like he's going to be good, but... I say that with a little bit of a grain of salt because when Charlie Coyle was Donato's age, he also seemed like he was going to be really good. So mm, it's a little the good. allure of hope. It's a little bit just like, well, we're starting over with this guy, and they started over. They traded Mikael Granlund to Nashville for a guy named Kevin Fiala, who also is quite young. They're sort of building the team around twenty-two-year-olds that may or may not be good, except they also have a number of thirty-nine-year-olds that are going to be on the team long past when all the 22 year olds are gone. So it's a little strange. It's a, they're in a little strange situation here. Um, Parisi and Suter, are they still on the team? Yep. And will be until your kids are in college. <laughs> are they, are they good still? <laughs> they're, they're, they're fine. Um, right. Suter, Suter was, Again, I keep saying that it was a little weird year, but it was weird for Suter because at the end of last year, he broke a bone in his foot that apparently is never broken by anyone. 
And the first doctor, he said, oh, you'll, you'll never walk again. And finally, he found a doctor that was willing to do surgery on him. And he got it fixed. And he couldn't walk all summer. And then he basically just showed up on the first day of training camp. It was like, yep, I'm playing. So he played the entire season after looking like his career was over for a couple of days last year. And so on the one hand, it's pretty natural that it seemed like he lost a step and had a bad year. And you could convince yourself that with a normal offseason, one in which he does not have to sleep in a recliner in the kitchen or whatever, he could be fine again. On the other hand, you look and say, well, this guy is the same wage as I am. And if I sleep on my side, I can't move my shoulder for three more days. So <laughs> I'm a little concerned about his ability to bounce back from that. So we'll see with Suter. We'll see with Parisi. He Parisi had a fine year, but not an outstanding year. Miko Koivu ripped his knee up. So we'll see if he ever came comes back the same way again. And they also, they added a number of pieces here and there during the season. I think one of which was decent. Uh, Brad Hunt, a uh, defenseman they picked up from Vegas, who seems like he might be a useful kind of guy. But they also picked up a number of guys like Anthony Boteto and Pontus Aberg, who just were absolute garbage. And for these some are reason, players in. In the NHL, yes, these are these are players that played for the Wild this year. Many games for the Wild that were just terrible, and this is they, making me sad. And they traded Nino Niederreiter for Victor Rask, who is one of the worst players the Wild have ever had, and he's also mm. signed for eleven more years or something stupid. So I've they're heard just some things. They're they're headed for the bottom of the hole. They're headed. They're That's good though, right? And Aren't they going to get a draft pick soon? Can we yeah. get a um, an Austin Matthews of our own, perhaps? Well, we're we're crossing maybe a Mario Lemieux. They mm-hmm. haven't been in the draft lottery for seven years, so maybe this is the year that they start getting real lucky. I think you it's time. Know. It could happen. We're going to get our own Luke Robitaille. Our own Luke Robitaille. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's finally time for us to get our own. All right, name another hockey player from the 90s, Brandon. Thomas Vanek. <laughs> Not from the 90s, but I'll still give it to you. All right, starting over, Mike Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Name more gopher hockey players from the 90s, please. All right. Finally get our own Steve DeBus. Brian Bonin. <laughs> Jeff Moan. Steve Bellows. Steve Bellows. <laughs> Brian Bellows. <laughs> Brian Bellows was on the North Stars in the 90s. <laughs> this is bad. Name Gophers from the 90s is not a fun game for me at all. I, I was, was impressed <laughs> that you got a couple. I was impressed that you got a number of them out there. Darby Hendrickson. Darby, Darby Hendrickson. Hendrickson. Good call. Hell yeah. There was a guy named Nick that was awesome too. Shit. <laughs> I'm interested to know which Nick you're talking about here. Okay. So like in the like Crowley was like early nineties, right? Ninety four, right. ninety five. Right. I feel like in like a ninety six to ninety eight there was a guy named Nick and he was he was something. He must not have been because you have no idea what I'm talking about. I just can't remember. Mm. If if okay. we're gonna depend on me to remember guys' names, we're in real trouble. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, trying Let's just to, say you're talking about Dave Spihar and move on. Jordan Leopold. Jordan Leopold. <laughs> Boy, if anybody's still listening to this podcast, I commend you, sir or madam. Eric Wendell. Eric Wendell. Kind of grew up with. He, he was a Brooklyn Park guy. Um, I tried to look up the roster from 1998, and there was no Nick there, so I'm I'm embarrassed. Let's um, just say you were talking about Nick Anthony from 2002. 100. percent That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, no. Um, I what? So there was a thing. Oh, Nick Checo. See, Nick motherfucker. Checo. I knew I great, had something. Great pull. <laughs> Bloomington. Jefferson? I mean, I didn't pull I it. I, I did a search. Yes. Yep. Uh, 1996. Um, yeah. Also on that team was uh, Dave Spihar, and I was reading the Star Tribune a couple of weeks ago, and they did a... I'm sure you saw... Maybe we talked about it even on this, although we haven't really had a podcast in months, so it's yep. not likely. Um, they did like a top high school players of all time sort of thing. Yeah. And Dave Spear was on it, so I was like, oh, I remember him being amazing, and I looked up an old clip of him, and he got like a, a penalty shot in one of the games, and I mean, no disrespect, I know Dave Spear is a huge fan of our podcast, so hey, Dave, um, but just the quality of play is so different, even that many years ago. I kind of knew that already, obviously, when right. you look back in old sports, but he did this penalty, and he just like sort of skated right at the goalie as fast as he could, and sort of made a move to the backhand, and that's all that he did was go to his backhand, and he scored easily, and the goal and the goalie was just completely flummoxed. I'm like, wait a minute, he went forehand to backhand in the same skate down right. the ice. It's incredible, and it was just like it looked like a it looked honestly like a thirteen year old playing hockey. Well, I that was amazing it, at the time. I, I know a lot of our podcast listeners are younger listeners, so mm, if they mm-hmm. go back and if they go back, we're and huge watch with Gen Z hockey clips from the 1980s and 1990s. An important thing to remember, and this this rule has been changed, but an important thing to remember is that goaltenders were not allowed to move their feet at all. No, during nope. hockey games at that time. Well, also, it was uh, it was the it was a weird thing. They were the leagues were hurting for money, so they were all sponsored by Sorrel Boots. Right. They had to wear sorrel boots. They were not yeah. allowed to practice at it's all hard to... between games. <laughs> no. And illegal. often, in order to to stoke fan interest, teams would, during the first intermission, would hold a drawing and pull a random fan out to pull goaltender to play goaltender for the last two periods of the game. It was it was a different time, younger listeners. But really when was. you when you see the hockey clips from the nineteen eighties, you'll agree that that's exactly what it looks like. Did you ever play goalie? No, I <laughs> I don't think you'll be surprised to find out that Ortonville did not have a hockey team. Oh yeah, that checks out. We um I played goalie a, a little bit. Um and it was I mean again, I was like eleven or something. But basically you put those pads on, you're like, Well, I hope the puck f- hits me. I I'm not moving. There's no way. There's no possible way. I'll fall down, and I won't be able to get back up again. And I'm sure that happened all the time, too. Brandon um, just so. laying down across the crease. Right. Goldberg yeah. goalie style. George Costanza on a couch. <laughs> Sprawled. Uh, just couch correct. Costanza, the goalie. That was, 
That was a major development in the goalie style in the mid 1990s when they introduced the Costanza style. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Right. Um, Patrick Waugh, one of the foremost purveyors of the Costanza style. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, Dominic Hasek's style could have been called the George Costanza couch style. Costanza. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He was doing that a lot. Right. He was so little. He's so tiny. <sighs> Those were the days. Okay, so um, the Wild um, are different now, which is great because the first six years we did our podcast, they were the exact same team. Right. So that's interesting. So, yeah, and they're going to they get have, a good draft pick. Maybe not a great one, but a good one. They have different um, and worse players now. They're different and worse. They may be able to draft a Nick Checo type. Yep. Um, which that's I think we all agree thing. would be incredible. As long as, as long as he's a Jefferson grad, everything will be fine. <laughs> that's it. Number one. That's all that matters. Um, good. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move on. Want to? Sounds good. What I wanted to ask you about was our beloved loons. John, our do you have any update loons. at all? Yep. It, it's, our favorite. It's 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 a frustrating time. They they started the season with two wins, which made it seem like maybe everything was going to be okay. But they also were playing the two worst teams in the league in those games, and so then they've had two more games since then, both of which they lost, including one last weekend in which they lost sort of abjectly to a team that previously had nothing going for them whatsoever. So much so that the team's coach was doing the call them out in the media thing where he's openly telling everyone that all his players suck and need to get better and trying to light a fire under him. One of those things that never should work, but when you're playing Minnesota United, it seems to work every time. So (laughs) the probably the most annoying thing for me is after a couple of games, they won a couple of games and then... Somebody came out and asked uh, Minnesota United's coach, Adrian Heath, in a post-game interview, what is different about this year's team versus last year's team, you know, now that they'd won two games. And he just went into this whole soliloquy about how, oh, previous years, nine out of ten, ten times we took the field, we were going to be the worst worst team, now we have better players, and everything is better now, and we've got so much, so many amazing players, and everyone was like, whoa. I mean, it's better. The team's better, but it's not like they've got a juggernaut here. And, of course, then they went out and and lost the next two games. So I saw a, a guy like who writes for writes for MLSsoccer.com, Matt Doyle, referred to um, Keith's comments as spiking the ball on the 30-yard line, which I thought was great. <laughs> Yikes. Not even not even spiking it on the five yard line, spiking right, it on like the thirty yard line, barely in field goal range. Yeah, exactly. So it's <laughs> it's it's going to be it, it's shaping up to be a frustrating year. Right now, I would say ninety five percent of anybody's excitement about the team is that their new stadium opens in a couple of weeks, and people are excited about that as they always are when stadiums open. So. Not open that yet. Is that what you just said? Not open weeks? yet. The first game is a week and a half from now, April 13th. Will you be there? I have no plans to be there, sadly. Mm. <sighs> Real shame. Yeah, it's it's 
it's it's different it's different than when you used to be able to get a ticket for three dollars i'll say that yeah that's true um we don't really talk about it much how much are you uh into going to live events are you you crazy about it i i i love going to live sport events but i also believe that they should never cost more than twenty dollars which puts me really between a rock and a hard place because you rarely can get a ticket to a sporting event for twenty dollars these days it's frustrating it's so frustrating how expensive it is i know it's obviously not like new uh territory but uh it never ceases to amaze me how fucking crazy but people pay it, obviously. It's just, I, I don't know if there's something about the fact that, like, you don't really experience a whole lot in a group anymore, like, culture wise, music and TV shows. It's, I don't know what they call it, fragmented, whatever. So, right. I just some of those moments just feel a little bit maybe more fleeting um, and more like, I got to hold on to this. Um, I'm surprised. I go to a, I don't know, half dozen Wolves games a year, not a million, you know, but, but a few. And it's crazy where they're playing like the, I don't know, Mavericks on a Wednesday. Not a whole lot of people are there, but a lot of people that are there are really fucking amped about it. Right. Super weird. I huh? I was thinking about this a little bit, and this is strange to me. So pretty soon my family's going to have four people in it. And mm-hmm. let's... I won't go through the whole laid out thing because people always go through, oh, if you pay for parking and you pay for tickets and you get hot dogs at the game or whatever and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Basically, for the price of taking four people to a Twins game, for that same price, I can buy the MLB.TV subscription package and mm-hmm. watch baseball in my home all year. Yeah. I can literally watch four baseball games at once every night of the year, or I can go to one Twins game. And something seems off about that to me. It really does. It's a, yes. Well, and I think there's probably an element of like, I have to take them to a game for bonding elements or whatever, but like, you know that you can actually bond while watching the game at home too. Nothing says that you can't have a really good time with your family and um, not, and have your bath and have the bathroom be like 10 feet away versus having to wait in line. Like, so, I mean, don't get me wrong here. I still go to games. I still go to twins games. I go to Mm -hmm. one wild game every year. I would love to go to more wild games. I would love to go to every Minnesota United game. I used to have season tickets for gopher football. I'd love to do all that stuff. Now I just can't afford it. (laughs) And, I'm not saying that to plead poverty or anything. It just, it's really expensive to do all that stuff. It is interesting too, because it's, I mean, like you're not poor. No. Right. It's not that that's the problem. (laughs) It's that this shit's just insanely expensive. And you don't even think twice. I go to a Wolves game um, and it's like, oh, hey, I'll get uh, two beers. And they're like, all right, cool. $30. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) They go, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I remember going with a buddy. I think we got two beers and two parlor burgers, and it was legit, legitimately like $70. Right. Because the burger was $19 and the beer was 14 whatever the number was. It was just like, oh, okay, so this is just like like pretend money once we get into the Target Center. And the wolves right. fucking suck. They're terrible. And it's so confusing to me how this has happened. Um, but there are obviously like people who were well off 
that don't give a shit about prices and will pay it. Right. And it's not like, oh, these prices are so expensive and I go to a wild game and there's only a thousand fans there because nobody can afford it. Yeah. It's the opposite. No, it's, They're not, there's lots of people. <laughs> yeah. People, people are there. People fill the stadiums. The, the exception is Gopher Sports, who jacked up prices over and over until nobody went to the games anymore. And now they're confused. How come nobody comes to their games? But for they forgot to attend their own supply and demand 101 courses. Right. But the like people still go to Wild Games. People still go to Wolves Games. Clearly, the price of the tickets that the market will bear is higher than my willingness to pay it. But yep. I just again, and I we we shouldn't spend any more time complaining about ticket prices because it's literally all everybody. It's like complaining about your property taxes. It's just what you do. Well, but, it's true, but I, but there's a there's a thing here. There's a middle range of people, and I'm not like a smart person, so um, ignore all this as being serious, but. Um, there's a middle range of people like you and I that want to go out and experience a game more than just being on the couch with fans, community, whatever you want to call it, but don't need to necessarily go to the game. You know, our friend Dana goes to like, uh, and maybe you do as well, like watch parties for the, um, for the soccer league, right? Right. I wonder if those will just become a little bit more of a common thing, not like a huge thing, but a little bit more common than they are now of like, yeah, the Wolves game is on Friday. That's going to be a good fun game. I'm not going to go to the fucking game, obviously, but we're going to meet up here and that's going to be a thing that exists in a little bit already. I just wonder if that'll kind of be amped up a little bit more in the future. Who knows? I don't know, but I guess what I'm saying is, uh, just a closed caption. Every sports team in town give season tickets to the sport of podcast. Please, we're here to take it seriously. We promise. We to are show serious. Up. Yes, we're very serious people, as evidenced by those two podcasts we did before Brandon moved to Texas. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, final topic. Um, how excited are you for the final four? I would say kind of not at all. I I should be more excited, but I'm I'm not really. I don't know. It. I was vaguely, and this is going to go right back into the discussion we just had. But I was vaguely thinking, like, well, the Final Four is in town. It's not going to be like Super Bowl prices. I should go to a Final Four game. But apparently, tickets are going for like two hundred and fifty dollars to sit in the upper reaches of U.S. Bank Stadium for the Final Four games, and. No, I'm not going to do that. I went to Never. the Gophers basketball game they played in U.S. Bank Stadium earlier this year. And our seats were not great, but they were also not terrible. They were mm-hmm. at midcourt, but at the back of the second deck in U.S. Bank Stadium. And it was it was like if you had taken a telescope and trained it on your television while sitting in your living room, but then flipped it around so you were looking through the wrong end of the telescope. <laughs> Just like very small basketball, very far away. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't quite. I didn't enjoy the experience of watching basketball in a football stadium. I guess is what I'm saying, and so I can't imagine it would be enjoyable just to to be in the stadium because I got to assume you're just watching the entire game on the scoreboard at that point. Yeah, and I think it, it feels like a little bit of a. I mean, I um, obviously will watch any and all basketball, right. But college feels so risky in terms of going because 
In the NBA, to me, you're not necessarily guaranteed a great experience, but you're definitely guaranteed like a pretty good experience. They're so athletic. There's going to be some incredible plays in every NBA game. If you can see it, it's cool, whether it's a blowout or not. College, it's like the best player on the team could have two fouls in the first four minutes, and he just doesn't play. He's all right. Well, okay, I guess I can't watch that guy. And it could very easily be like a 57 to 44 slog of just missed open shots. And and you end up going, oh, Jesus, that wasn't... You speak like a man who has been watching a lot of college basketball in Big Ten country. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What if the score is 21 to 10 at halftime? Well, that happens sometimes. Right. And sometimes... Stop calling fouls and... People just start body checking each other. Well, that happens sometimes. And sometimes, yes, it's good defense. A lot of times, it's open, missed jump shots. And I I've been watching a lot of the NCAA tournament as well. There's for sure games that are great. There have been some very exciting games. But then the next game after that is impossible to watch. And so you just don't know. It's 50-50, right? I think I can speak for the casual college basketball fans to say that this is not exactly a dream Final Four draw for no. Minneapolis either. I think everybody was hoping for Duke, North Carolina, and Gonzaga and Kentucky or something like that. But yeah, Michigan yep. State, Texas Tech, Virginia, and Auburn is not anybody's idea of, boy, I got to be there when those two classic college basketball powerhouses, Virginia and Auburn, take each other on. I know. It's so funny. We complain about those teams, but we definitely do need them around. Yeah. I watched the Auburn game, the whole thing, paid a lot of attention to it. I don't even know what the names of the best player players are on the team. I don't even remember. Bobby no and clue. Billy Tiger. Sure. That'll do. Um, I do like, I know the Virginia coach is known as a really good dude, but who gives a shit? It's a coach. You know? like yeah. If he's a college basketball okay. coach, he's a bad guy. You can't I mean it's like it's like somebody who wants to run for president. Like I don't yep. give a shit how nice you seem. You've got to have a screw loose. Yep, you're a something's person. wrong with you. And then obviously Tom Izzo. I just don't need to see him anymore. Yep, I can be I can be done with all of Michigan State University. Frankly, yeah, the whole the whole deal. Just and then Texas Tech. I guess I want them to win. I don't know. Boy, that would that's. Just because they're not Michigan State? Yeah, I mean, I I want whoever's playing Michigan State to win, so... Yep, so we got to go Texas Tech, and then yeah. Auburn versus Virginia. I don't know. Auburn's an underdog. Is Bruce Pearl cool? He doesn't seem cool. He seems like he's Southern Tom Izzo to me, but maybe he's cool. I don't know. He might be that. He seems like he rages out a lot, but yeah. then again... He seems very angry. So then maybe you want to take Virginia? I mean... I don't... Sure. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I'll watch the games for sure. I'm not complaining <laughs> oh, too I'm much gonna about it. Oh, I'm going to watch every but... minute of it on two different Yeah, I, mean, I can't fucking wait. I'm not what? even going to be able to sleep. Um, are you going yeah, to just... go downtown for anything? The you know, that's interesting. I was going to ask you. I have... Um, I'm on solo dad duty all weekend. Danielle's going to be in New York with her uh, sisters. Um so part of me thinks, obviously, you know this now, having a kid, and you'll know it even better when you have two kids, of like, most of solo parenting is just killing the clock. we right. got to just run some time out here. I'm not looking to bond. 
I'm not looking for memories. We can do that shit when your mom's around. Like we, we right now are just trying to get to bedtime, guys. Yep. So part of me is like, well, that that could kill some time. But another part of me is envisioning like, oh, there goes uh, one of my sons running into oncoming traffic. Cool. <laughs> Hope that works out for him. That's that's great. Yeah. So part of me. I'm trying to be really, I'm trying, like, my main thing as a dad is, like, try to be as fun as I can possibly be. Um, So part of me is, like, I'm trying to be a fun dad. That is a fun dad activity. But the other part of me, the one that usually wins, is, like, nope, movie time. Is either of your kids way into the Final Four? Like, really excited about it being in town? No. Nope, not at all. I mean, Jones is only, he's the oldest. He's seven. So he doesn't really understand any of it. He'll watch some of it, but he'll get bored pretty quickly. Um, he loves you, sports for sure. Uh, he's like really you into that sports. Way when but... you were seven, like you got bored really, really quickly with it. It's hard to say. I mean, it's such a transition sort of age. I remember going to Twins games and barely remembering bits and pieces of the Twins, like in '87 or whatever. Right. Um, so I was six then, or yeah, six. Um, and I remember like falling asleep one game kind of, we stayed late with my grandpa. Um, so I was like into him for sure. I brought my glove. That was the whole thing. But I don't know if I was like obsessed with the watching the entire thing. You know, I'm, I'm like most six and seven year olds. He gets super excited about that sort of stuff. Jones does too. When we're going to a wolves game, he's got full wolves garb. He is into it. But you know, then by like the third quarter, he's like, Still trying to be a good sport about it, but I, you can tell he's kind of done. <laughs> you know, oh, this is fun, Dad. Yeah, yeah, they're not playing very good defense. I agree. There's just a limit to a seven-year-old's attention in any way, right? So, so, but I know that they've got a bunch of activities down there, like made for kids. So, I don't know. I'm kind of still on the fence. I'm like 25 percent that we'll go. We'll see. All right. Well, I hope to hear a full report out of it. Have you ever been? Because we've had the Final Four here a couple, a few years ago, right? Yeah, that happened. Yeah, so you didn't go down for it at all? No. No. No, I... And I think this will only get worse the more of a dad I become. The thing that I hate most about... I was going to say modern life, but really all of life is waiting in line for anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I just... I can't fathom going where everybody else is going to go just for a chance to wait in a bunch of lines. That seems terrible to me. This is also why I'm don't want to take my kids to Disney World or anything. Cuz it's just Oh, I know. It seems Ugh. it seems terrible. But also, this is how everybody experience Everybody has these amazing childhood memories that are based on stuff like going to Disney World or going to Valley Fair or all of this stuff that, as a kid, seems amazing. And as an adult, I just think, like, oh, I can't think of anything worse than that. We're going to fly to Florida and pay as much money as it would cost to buy two fairly decent used cars to walk around and stand in line for a couple of days. I do wonder, though, like... I I never went to Disney World as a kid. I I we didn't really have much money, right. so we didn't go on big ex, or not even extravagance. Probably the wrong word, but we just didn't really go on vacations to begin with. Um, but 
none of my memories of when I, you know, what I remember the most about being a kid probably aligned to the time my parent, my parents spent or the money my parents spent to create memories. You know what I mean? Like, Right. I just remember some random shit growing up of we were up at my, you know, my grandparents' cabin and screwing around with my cousins or whatever. And I'm sure my parents were like, well, this is boring and stupid. And I'm sure the kids aren't happy. Let's go, you know, whatever, make some magic right. happen in some other way. And then other shit didn't, didn't really end up becoming a memory for me. So maybe it's just my own personal thing, but you force these things so much. And as a parent, you're miserable doing it. And then your kids are like, oh, yeah, I don't know. That was fine. Let's go back to the cabin. It's fun there. We yeah, the exactly. Lake. Boy. Okay. Totally. So I, I wonder about that sort of stuff too. But again, I'm pretty biased because I just didn't really go on any of those. Did you okay. ever do the, as a kid like big like road trips or Disneyland or, or world, whatever the hell it's called? Did you do that sort of stuff? <laughs> road trips or Disneyland or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, we never went, we never went to Disney or anything like that. We did, we did have a pop-up camper. And so we took a couple of longer road trips. We went to Colorado one year. We went to, um, Boston one year. Those are the two I remember. You took a camper to Boston? Well, yeah, it was like staying in campgrounds and then you'd stay in the, in the campground, 20 miles outside of Boston or whatever. And then yeah. go do the tourist Boston stuff. How did they pick Boston? Is there family ties there or was it just no. like a East coast, but a little bit simpler than New York? Probably. I think you can do Niagara fairly easily on the way. Maybe that's sort of a, we did do Niagara. We did. They just love cheers. Your parents just the were baseball like baseball and football hall of fame on that trip because it if nothing else, this trip contained me and my brothers, so we were going to go to Sports Hall of Fame. But we didn't go to the Basketball Hall of Fame, which is in Massachusetts, so I don't know why that was. <laughs> totally missed the... <laughs> ugh, whoops. Could have gone three for four there. Boy, I'm going to have to ask some questions. I assume it had it must have had something to do with American history, because why else would you go to Boston? My parents yeah, were terrible racists or anything, and they didn't want to go... <laughs> Gotta go see. I mean, we are racist, so, so we that's love. That's the only other reason to go to Boston. Let's see how like the best racists do it. Try to learn <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the reasons you go to Boston in American history. No, that's and racism. Are right. Really, the only two. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you have any um, thoughts of like uh, traditions you want to start with your kids or hope to do, or do you want to just let boy. them play out? That's an interesting question, and I don't actually know the answer to that. I know that my wife is much more positive about the idea of taking the kids to Disney or something like that. So she seems like it, man. She's got a good attitude. Yeah, she she's a very positive person who wants to do fun things, and frankly, I think I've just proved over the last (laughs) forty five minutes that that has no appeal. Don't get it. it. If it costs more than twenty (laughs) dollars, I'm not interested. If anybody has a sixteen dollar Disney version, then I'm all, I'm all ears. Right? Yeah, like a so, virtual reality. Yep, virtual reality Disney is really going to be a very disappointing thing for my kids. Oh, we're going to Disney World. Put on these goggles. Yeah. Yep. I don't know the answer to that. Just leaving the house seems daunting right now. So, 
Well, I think it's good to sort of let that stuff play out. Right. I think I have been burned every single... It's one of my things that mean the most to me of you can't force things. Like right. you can't force fun. You can't force moments. You can't force bonding. It's not going to happen because it's those actual moments happen when things are natural. There's just it's it's not possible. I remember being like, oh, every morning for Christmas, I'm going to wake up and and make breakfast, and then like I made it two years in a row, and no one ate it, and I was like, well, this is stupid. No one gives a shit about <laughs> breakfast in our family. Like, why am I forcing this? No, we don't care about breakfast. We just don't. What am I? Right. Oh, fresh waffles are like. Mm. I want a pop tart. It's like, yeah, you're. I do too. You're right. We should be eating pop tarts. Let's get I the pop tarts. Everybody gets a box of pop tarts in their stocking. I think that's a thing that maybe I'm just um, speaking for the people that I know, but that's very much a mom thing um, to me. With Danielle's, like, it's really in- important to her to have these sort of like traditions and moments, and memories, and all that. And I'm like, they'll happen. You just got to let them mm. happen. Um, because it's important, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, you can't force it. So it's interesting. I mean, I am, uh, the thing that I want to do more than anything is to do like an annual trip, uh, skiing. Like I love skiing. I think the boys will love skiing. It's just a fun kind of, it's just a good different thing for us to do, but who knows you could do it and they all hate it and you never know. So we'll just see if it happens. But, uh, yeah, it's just always interesting. The traditions that a lot of times just end up coming out of nowhere. Eh, we did it once and we liked it. Now we just Skiing do Pop-Tarts. Fun. No yeah. lines on those mountains, Brandon. Oh, no. Just me. I'm the only one who's thought of this. Which is nice. I do actually like skiing, but again, are there ski hills that cost $20? Um, Buck Hill, maybe. All right. Somebody report back whether Buck Hill costs <laughs> more or less than $20. <laughs> If oh, less, man. I'm getting a family camper and we're all going to pile in and drive out to old Buck Hill. Old Buck Hill. Get in the camper. Get the camper. <laughs> the funny thing Dad, is... Can we just take the car? <laughs> no! no. We actually, family trip! Lisa's family had a old, old, old camper that it basically was just being passed from person to person trying to keep it running. So it mm. was, quote unquote, ours for a year. So we did have a camper for a while. Unfortunately, then the engine blew up, and when the camper is forty-five years old, it's hard to justify putting a new engine in it. So, yeah, the camper is more or less dead now. But for for one brief moment, I was living out my childhood. Except it wasn't a pop-up camper; it was just a big old motorhome. That <laughs> I think the best feature was that when you were driving it. You had to put a towel down underneath your foot because otherwise your shoe would melt. Oh my god! What? So it was it was quite the it was quite the feature. Wow! I don't like that at all. Not a fan. I'm sorry, that camper's not running, so you have no chance. (laughs) You have no chance of accidentally buying it. (sighs) Oh well. Anyway, all right, John. Now that we've talked about campers. Wrap it up. All right. That, uh, that'll that do. Next week, um, we are definitely 100% going to be getting an apology from Chicken Fingers about the boy geniuses. Right. And then I will also be discussing the um, adopted playoff teams in the NBA for everybody. Excellent. And then probably more dad life as well. So that'll be happening next Maybe week. Maybe we can do Guaranteed. some adopted NHL teams next week too. 
Oh, I love it. Yep. And we guarantee we'll be back next week. No doubt about it. Yeah, that's never. We've never lied to you about this before, ever. Mm-mm. Word is bond. Okay, that's it. Goodbye. Stop the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.